that today the man that was born blind and healed by, uh, healed by our Lord Jesus Christ is a very famous passage and it's actually uh, read more than uh, one time in the calendar year in the Coptic Church. The most famous time that is actually read uh, is the week before Palm Sunday. And actually in the tradition of the Coptic Church, we have uh, that, that Sunday is typically where lots of people baptize their children or if there are converts that they become baptized that day because this gospel passage has a lot of symbolism regarding baptism. And that's the other reason why this, is, this passage is given to us during this time because as you know, a few weeks ago we celebrated the Feast of Epiphany. And so this is why uh, our mother of the church puts this gospel here for us to contemplate a little bit about the symbolism of, of baptism. But I wanted to look at a little bit the, the psyche or the understanding of the man who was born blind and what he's thinking and what the disciples thought about him and all this and all the, the, the events surrounding that. When the disciples saw Jesus' attention to the blind man, they asked for an explanation for his blindness. Right? In, in verse 2 in the chapter, this is uh, chapter 9 of the Gospel of St. John, he said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And you, and you wonder, why do they ask this question? But if you look at maybe chapter 5 in the Gospel of St. John, when our Lord Jesus Christ heals the paralytic, he tells him that sin no more. After he heals him, he says, sin no more. So you can see maybe the disciples are confused and thinking to themselves, okay, this man sinned and that's why he was paralyzed. So this man is blind. He must have done something to become blind. For the disciples, that probably was not the most compassionate thing to say at the moment. Uh, and for us, actually, it's a lesson. Sometimes we, we, we say things that are not so compassionate when we look at people that are in sort of certain situations, sicknesses, diseases, loss of life, and we, we want to say the right things, we want to say a nice thing, but we say things that are lacking compassion. So the disciples here made that same mistake. He says, in any case, what, what does our Lord Jesus Christ do? He doesn't actually answer the question, or at least not in the, the categories that they're using, right? The disciples said, who sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born this way. They want an explanation. The disciples want an explanation for his blindness. And he gives them an explanation. But it's not in either of these categories that he says. It's not something in the past that causes blindness. He doesn't even say that there's a cause of the blindness. What he says is there's a purpose behind the blindness. There's a purpose behind the blindness. So when the disciples said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? They're asking, what is the cause? Who sinned, this man, his parents? Is this blindness a punishment for his sin? Or punishment for some sin? Some kind of inherited sinfulness already in the womb? And our Lord Jesus Christ, kind of in a general way, says, sins in the past do not always correlate with specific suffering in the present. The explanation for this man's blindness is not found by looking for its cause, but actually by looking for its purpose. Our Lord Jesus Christ in verse 3, He says, It was not that this man sinned nor his parents, that the works of God should be displayed in him. So the suffering is not owing to a specific sin. Think about that phrase for a minute. It was not this man's sin nor his parents. It's very significant. The point that our Lord Jesus Christ is not making is that suffering doesn't come into the world always directly correlated to specific sin. Yes, suffering comes in the world because of sin in a general way. That's plain from 
the book of Genesis, as plain from St. Paul's uh, Epistles of the Romans, if there had never been sin, there would never be suffering. All suffering, in one way or another, is owed to sin. And part of the meaning of like physical horrors and things that happen to us in those ways is to reveal like the moral horrors of sin. But that's not what our Lord Jesus Christ is saying here. What he's saying is, specific suffering is often, and I would say most of the time, not owing to specific sin. The disciples did not understand this distinction, that the existence of sin in the world could be the cause of suffering in the world, but that does not mean that every single piece of suffering is directly correlated to a specific sin. He says it was not this man nor his parents. In other words, the blindness, this specific suffering, is not owing to the specific sins of the parents or of the man. So don't look there for an explanation. That's what he's saying to the disciples. Then he tells them, where should I look? Where should I look for an explanation for this man's suffering? Look for an explanation of this man's blindness in the purposes of God. It was not that this man sinned nor his parents, that the works of God may be revealed in him. The explanation of the blindness is not in past causes, but actually in future purposes. That the works of God should be revealed. So then I want to ask a question. He suffered for the glory of God. Is this fair or is this justified? You know, look at this and you think to yourself, okay, God made this man blind his entire life just for our Lord Jesus Christ to come one day to prove a purpose and to heal him. Why is that? How is that fair? How is that right? Why did he do that to him? It's a difficult question. It's a difficult scenario. But the lesson or the purpose for the disciples, the lesson and the purpose for the blind man, the lesson and the purpose for the scribes and the Pharisees, and the lesson and the purpose for us is that any suffering or any existence or any problems or troubles or trials or tribulations in our lives only have ultimate meaning and purpose in God. The blindness is that the works of God could be revealed in Him. The truth is that suffering can only have ultimate meaning in relation to God. Our Lord Jesus Christ says the purpose of the blindness is to show the works of God. This means that for our suffering to have ultimate meaning, God has to be supremely valuable in our lives, more valuable than our health, more valuable than our lives. Many things actually in the Bible, if I do not have God as my supreme value, do not make sense. This was done for God's glory, both in healing and in non-healing. For our Lord Jesus Christ, blindness from, from birth is sufficiently explained by saying God intends to display some of His glory through His blindness. In this case, it happens to be healing. The glory of God's power to heal. But there's nothing that says it has to be healing. When St. Paul, you remember St. Paul talks about his own sickness, his own disease, and he said, I cried out three times for this thorn in my flesh to be healed. And our Lord Jesus Christ said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I will put my power on display, not by healing you, but by sustaining you. In other words, healing displays the works of God, like it did in chapter 9 of the Gospel of St. John that we read today. 
and sustaining grace displays the work of God like it did in 2 Corinthians. What is common in those two cases is the supreme value of the glory of God. The blindness is for the glory of God. The thorn in the flesh is for the glory of God. The healing is for the glory of God. The non-healing is for the glory of God. So suffering can only have ultimate meaning and purpose in relation to God. If we are honest with ourselves, we know that we see God best in tribulation. Ask yourself if this is right. Do I see God best or most clearly during tribulation? The lesson from this miracle is to understand really how different we are from God. God is not like us. We are thinking, how can I make my life easiest? How can I do the thing that will make me most comfortable? What can I do to make my life at ease? But God is not saying that. God is like, I want you to grow. I want you to achieve salvation. I want you to live with me. That's why St. Paul says, Oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. Before I finish, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, how this relates to the sacrament of baptism. Like I said, we read this reading because uh, it's near the, the Feast of Epiphany, and we read this reading also uh, during the Sunday that we baptize uh, during Lent. This man is blind from birth. Just like us, before we walk or we go into the waters of baptism, we are blind, spiritually blind. And baptism gives us eyes, it gives us this sight. We can see the light that was always existing. After he was healed, what did he do at the end of the passage? He worshipped our Lord Jesus Christ as God. And the psalm that says, With you is the fountain of life. In your light we shall see light. And so this man reminds us that all things are ultimately for the glory of God and that, again, suffering can only have ultimate meaning in relation to God. And glory be to our God forever and ever. Blessed are